Thanks, Nick. Uh, great to see you all here today. This is going to be an exciting day. We, we have the team that we sent to Zimbabwe back with us this weekend, and uh, they just got back last week. So um, you'll get to welcome them here in a moment. Wilson's going to come up and give you an overview of the trip and the ministry that took place. Then all the team, mem- team members are going to come up and share uh, about their experiences and some of the cool miracles that they saw in Zimbabwe. It's really awesome. But uh, to do that, I, I just I, Nick, Nick already mentioned this, but uh, we are in a series right now on prophetic ministry, and specifically, it's titled Developing a Prophetic Culture. And so we all know, if you've been here for the series, you know that uh, the gift of prophecy is not just someone making a declaration about the future. In fact, that's probably a very small part of it. In fact, the way we're looking at uh, prophetic ministry as it spreads out to the whole church body is that prophetic ministry is any one of us in any given moment of time speaking a timely word, the word that God wants to have shared. And that message that God wants to have shared comes with life, God's life, and it, it releases the life of heaven into other people's lives and brings change. And so that all just flows out of friendship with God. And I share this with you because as, uh, as we listen to this team, I want you to listen for the whole prophetic element in it. And, and I encourage you to open your heart up just to receive what they're sharing because teaching should, should be prophetic. It should be revealing the heart of God. Um, evangelism, prophetic, revealing the heart of God. Worship, prophetic. Leadership, Every gift that we engage with and, and every uh, ministry that we have needs to have that prophetic element of me out of friendship with God revealing the heart of God the Father into that situation which releases his life there. And so um, there's one verse we're going to look at, uh, Revelation 19.10, which uh, summarizes this whole idea of prophetic ministry. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And so what that means is that as you hear these stories about stuff Jesus did, if you open your heart up to it, there is a prophetic release into your life as you hear these testimonies. And and so um, let's just pray right now and invite the Holy Spirit to touch our hearts and tell him that we want to have open hearts. And as we do, Wilson's going to make his way up here and then he's going to introduce the rest of the day. But uh, Father... We're so thankful you want to be friends with us. We're so thankful that through your son, Jesus, we can know you. We can come into living relationship with you. And uh, we just, we open our hearts to you. Just release your life to us today. Speak to us today in a real and living way. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, good morning, everybody. It's good to see you guys. I missed all your faces. Um, do you guys like my shirt? I got it at Walmart last night for $5, so, no. I actually had this custom, like, tailored. Aaron had, had a couple of custom tailored, so did Micah. It was like $10. It was really, really cool, but, um, so, hey, it was, it was a really amazing trip. I got to tell you, we're really happy to be back. Uh, really, really excited to be here with you guys this morning to be able to share with you what's happened. I've missed you guys. I've missed uh, this place. So what we're going to do now is, like my dad said, I'm going to give you guys a kind of overview of the trip, share with you some highlights, 
And uh, then I'll have the rest of the team, because five other people were there too, to tell you guys testimonies and stories and the way we saw the kingdom come. And you know, we don't have enough time to even tell you every story of everything that happened. So much happened. We could dedicate, we could have a, every service rest of the month, we could just talk about the stuff God did because it was such a fruitful time. It was, it was such a time set apart for us to be there. Like you you could really just feel like things were happening easily. Um, people were growing. We were, we were learning a lot. And so it was just like a amazingly fruitful time. So before I go any further, I want to say thank you guys for sending us. We wouldn't have been able to go without your guys' support financially, prayerfully, just, just being here excited for us to come back um, means so much to us. It's, it's enabled us to go. So I just want to say thank you guys so much for your generosity and for praying for us, okay? And, and on behalf of... Go ahead. Let's all clap. Yay! And also, like, we told the, the it, it was cool, you guys gave so generously that we were able to be very generous with the team in Zimbabwe and paid for all their meals all the time, paid for their transportation, uh, blessed them with some different supplies, and we made sure they knew, hey, like, yes, we're being generous by paying for this stuff for you guys, but really, there's a whole church behind us backing this generosity and making it possible. So, um, you guys got some of the credit, okay, just so you know. But uh, the, the leader of the... Vine- so there's four vineyards in Zimbabwe. There's three vineyards that are doing the total traditional approach. They have a building, Sunday morning service. And then there's the Harari Vineyard, which what they're wanting to call is the Empowerment Center or something like that. That's the name of their church. And they were having Sunday services, but then they realized... That they felt like God spoke to them, specifically the leader, Romulus, felt like God spoke to him and said... Hey, you guys are kind of doing this backwards. I want you to start in home groups and do home groups until February and then relaunch a Sunday service. So uh, Romulus just going in faith, like, you know, that's, that takes a lot of courage to say, hey, we're going to stop doing Sunday mornings, appointed people to be home group leaders. That, so that's, that's why they're doing like a house group type thing. And they're going to relaunch in February, but keep their home groups, just also have a Sunday morning service. But that took a lot of courage for Romulus to do. And it, it was just cool to be around somebody that was, had that big of a yes to God. That was willing to just say, hey, whatever you say, God, like my reputation, don't even worry about it. Like I want to do whatever you want. He, seeking the glory of God, not seeking the glory of man, right? And so here's a picture of Romulus, actually. Romulus and his wife, Selah, and their little cute baby boy, Proverb. Um, so Romulus uh, is, a, is an economist by trade. He has an MBA and a master's in leadership. He is a uh, consultant, like a deputy to a governor in Zimbabwe, just as a financial consultant to him. So he kind of works for the government, but he's a brilliant guy. Like he has a vision for Zimbabwe, like just years down the road. He's just talking to his team all the time about where it's going and what's going to happen and and how God's going to move. So it was like trying to catch our breath, Romulus, like, come on, man. But it's cool. He's just thinking forward and he's pushing them forward. So it's really just his heart made everything so fruitful because he has a plan. He see, he has a vision for where things are going to go. And there was, um, four things he asked us to specifically bring and to kind of teach on and to kind of do training on. 
And uh, before I even say that, half of what we were doing was just building a relationship. Half of the reason for being there is just to hang out, to spend time together, to love on one another, to encourage one another, and just to be like, just have relational encur- like friendship, which is so encouraging in and of itself. But then we also were privileged and asked, hey, will you come and actually train us on some things and teach us some things? So uh, that, that was really cool. The four things he asked us to bring and train on were um, evangelism, like how do we do evangelism, like how Jesus did it. You know, how do we go and, and heal the sick in the streets? How do we see people freed and saved in the streets um, as just like a normal thing, n- normal part of life? Not an event, but just something we're doing what the Father's doing. On the way to the grocery store, oh, I'm going to pray for this guy. He really wanted to get that into their culture, to get trained in that. So we spent a lot of time with that. Also, worship was a really big thing they wanted us to focus on and hit on. So we had a whole workshop, a whole day-long workshop on worship. Um, he also wanted some training and leadership for his team. So like how, how teams should work together, how teams should communicate, how to cast vision, how to inspire a vision that other people share with you and can carry on, how not to just create a bunch of like people who are following you, but to actually raise other people up into leadership, to replicate yourself, not to just train people to actually raise other leaders up and make that a standard. And then, um, the last thing was the prophetic. He, he really wanted us to come and teach on what, is it, what does it mean to give a prophetic word? How should that look biblically? And uh, in, in their culture, that's so needed because there's a real kind of religiosity that is, uh, that is kind of infiltrated a lot of the churches there. And to the point where people are treated based on their income. So like certain, like if you give an, if you tithe a certain amount, you can sit in the cl- closer to the front, nicer chairs. If you don't give, you have to sit a different spot. Um, at the end of the service, this, this is, this is the, some of the church culture there. Okay. By no means is this every single church, but this is, this is present enough that, um, everybody knows about it. Okay. There's these mega churches of 20,000, 30,000 people where at the end of the service, if you want prayer, if you have $100, you can go to the front of the line to get a prophetic word and get prayer. So there's real, there's real stuff like that that's kind of uh, just sad, you know? It's really sad because prof- the prophetic is hearing God's voice and it's sharing with other people. And um, so Micah really, really gifted and understands this a lot and has just um, kind of like special, he's especially equipped to teach on that, really share with him, hey, the prophetic is all about being a friend of God. The prophetic isn't about like being cool and getting status and knowing people's names that you don't know or you know getting a word of knowledge for someone's phone number. The prophetic is all about being God's friend. It's about being intimate with the Father, being friends with him, and then from that there's an overflow that naturally comes and uh, you get to share with other people. You're like, who's ever been around someone that's just like in an amazing mood and so positive and happy? And then you kind of leave them pumped and happy and you're being really nice. That, that's what it means to be prophetic, is to be so close with God that you have his lens for everything. That you, you see things how he sees it. And you can't help but speak life into people because that's what God's speaking into you and you know God's all about that. So Mike, got to teach on that a bunch. A lot of cool opportunities, really, really powerful. And um, just, we're definitely going to see the fruit from that. We did a uh, whole day workshop on one whole day workshop on evangelism and one whole day workshop on worship. 
And so from 10 to 4, this other vineyard let us use their building. Romulus invited all his leaders, and we just packed it out as Luke and Aaron and I gave teachings on evangelism, how to live a lifestyle of evangelism, how to pray for the sick, how just to say short prayers of command, like, hey, Jesus loves you, be healed, amen. And everyone's jaws like, wait, you need to pray at least two more minutes. What are you doing? And so we really got to teach them that. Uh, just, I mean, the cool thing is their culture is so ripe for evangelism because the culture doesn't have this mentality of, I am my own individual person. I am my own unit. I only will let other people into my life if I choose. No, it's like a family culture. So when you go into the grocery store, you're talking to people as if you've known them your whole life. Whereas here, you know, if you go into Kroger, you're like getting your cereal, getting your milk, and you're gone, you know? But there, everyone is just so used to talking to people and interacting that as soon as we just gave them some tools, handed some, gave them some tools, um, they just took off with it. And we're going to see them far exceed anything we've seen and anything we've been capable of attaining. Uh, I really believe that because there's just such a uh, heart of evangelism and outward focus there. So we, that whole day workshop on evangelism, got to pray for them. There was a time of ministry that was really powerful. I mean, we did this a lot, but this was a special time of just kind of uh, stirring up the fire in them. We did a whole day of servant evangelism where we went and bought like 200 or 100 or 200 drinks, Cokes, waters, smoothies, all kinds of stuff, piled them in our backpacks and then walked around some parks, some bus stops, there's this funny thing where they'll put pool tables on street corners. You can imagine those pool tables don't like, the quality doesn't really last. But, uh, and they'll play pool. We went there and we'll play pool and give away drinks, pay for people to get lunch. And uh, they're just blown away. Like, first of all, it was so empowering for the Zimbabweans to be giving something away for free. There's 95% unemployment in Zimbabwe. 95%. Man, like, we're so blessed here. <laughs> so blessed. We got to keep that in mind. Like, I, I was having to remind my heart that all the time. I haven't made living in America. But anyways, so for them, like, every dollar matters big time. So to give things away for free, you know, we, we paid for it this time. We hope that they're going to sacrificially do it in the future. But uh, giving something away for free was just crazy. People did not comprehend that. You know, Robbie Dawkins talks a lot about the upside down kingdom. And that, that's how it works. When you're in need, you give away what you have. That's the kingdom. Is you, you depend on God. So that was powerful. That was really equipping for them, energizing to go do a lot of servant evangelism. We saw so many people saved and healed, touched by God um, as we did that. Just because there's an open door right away. And really saw them empowered. Um, we did a whole day workshop on worship where Aaron and Jen and Derry did most of the teaching. And we actually did like a kind of worship lab with them where we led worship and uh, kind of like equipped them some with the intimate type worship. They really understand praise there. They really understand like singing to God, dancing, um, having a good time. But the kind of their growth edge is like intimacy and that, that type of worship where we're really experiencing him as a father, experiencing him, you know, as our, as someone who loves us. And honestly, like where we need to grow here is in the praise, you know, like you should come to church in your dancing shoes. You should come here ready to get undignified and to really worship Jesus, like how he deserves to be worshiped. Their growth edge is that intimacy, 
getting to um, get into that close place to them where they let him in and they kind of quiet down and, and receive from him. So actually, I want to show you guys a video of one of those powerful times of worship we did with them. You have me to thank for that amazing footage, you know. I decided to let them lead the worship. I didn't want to take all the spotlight, so I took some videos. No, I'm just kidding. I, you know what instrument I play really well? The iPod. I can, like, I can skip songs. I can pause. I can select a new artist. I really I know how to do that well. Um, so then the kind of last thing we focused on was leadership development. Uh, if you know Luke... Luke Hazemar is super gifted and just has real um, passion for that, passion for leadership, how to see what he is doing, uh, not just continued, but actually built upon and done better and done in a new level. So we got to do a lot of teaching about like how to relate as a team, how team dynamics can be really healthy and moving forward. Like when, when, is, it, when is it appropriate to give someone feedback? When is it appropriate to confront someone? When should we just give encouragement? You know, like those are all, those are three different things that are for three different scenarios. And uh, he taught a lot about how to cast a vision and how to get other people to uh, join along with their vision and add to it. And so it was kind of, for them, it was kind of like drinking water from a fire hydrant. (laughs) I mean, for me too, I sat in it and I was just like, they're just furiously scribbling down notes page after page after page. So uh, I know that that's, they're going to take that and just take even further. But um it was such a fruitful, amazing trip. We had a barbecue one afternoon. We um, spent a lot of relational time hanging out, went on some, did some tourist type things, uh, saw some lions and elephants and giraffes and stuff like that. That was really cool. Um, what else did we do? We, we did other fun things, okay? <laughs> but what I want to leave you with before I send the team, before I have the team come up here and share, is that. I really believe that it's not someday our claim to fame is going to be that we got to go and pour in to what God's doing in Zimbabwe. It's not going to be that, wow, look, we had, we're this amazing equipping center and we have all these awesome teachers and all these gifted people that go and train all over the world. We're going to go and like, wow, we were privileged to be a part of what God did, did you, what God did in Zimbabwe that blessed the rest of Africa. We were one of the first churches to be a part of that. (laughs) We got to, I got to give to that. I was a part of that. I sewed into that. I was praying for that. Like that's going to, that's what Vineyard Northwest claim to fame is going to be, is being a part of other moves of God. That's our heart is to see God move all over the earth and us to get to be a part of that. So thank you guys so much for giving. That's how we got to go is through your guys' gifts, through your, your prayers and your support. Um, but right now, I'm just going to welcome the team to come on up, and uh, we're going to hear some stories. They're going to share about, you know, we just saw, like, so many miracles. <laughs> it was so cool. It was just so cool how much we saw God pour out. And, you know, the point of all that is to bring Jesus glory. The point of people being healed, the point of an accurate prophetic word is for Jesus to get glory. And so, yeah, come on. 
And so it was awesome just to get to be part of that day in and day out, Jesus being glorified, Jesus being honored. So first thing we're going to do is I'm going to hand the mic to Luke and we're just going to pass it down. Everyone's going to introduce himself. My name is Luke. <laughs> My name is Aaron. Hey, tell no. Uh, my name is Luke, and I serve here with Young Adults Ministry. <laughs> uh, my name is Aaron. Uh, I'm a house group leader with me and my wife. Hi, my name is Derry, and I lead in house group and also do worship up here. You already know that. <laughs> my name is Jennifer, and I'm on staff with the Young Adults, and I lead worship sometimes, too. And I'm Micah. I help out with the young adults and the prophetic here. Cool. So let's hear some stories. Luke, do you want to take it away? Luke Hazelmeyer. This is Luke Hazelmeyer. Let me tell you a little bit about Luke, okay? <laughs> Luke is 26 years old. His birthday is May 7th. <laughs> See, I'd love to just share with you all a story. Um, one of the days, we went to a poor neighborhood called Mufakosi. They call them high-density areas because there are tons of people that are kind of like packed into this small area with uh, really small homes. Not quite, um, you know, cardboard houses, but pretty small. And they don't have water a lot of times for three, four, five days at a time. They might have like 90% of their week. They might not have power. So really a rough area. And so we went there to do evangelism. And not just go, we didn't just go there to do evangelism and see what God might do, but we were, our purpose was to equip some of the guys there, some of the leaders on how to do it themselves and how to keep doing it when we left. So I was out with two Zimbabwean guys with very Zimbabwean names, Brian and Courage, and we were walking around praying for people. Got to the point where we were supposed to head back to the house and go on break for a little while because um, it was really hot and I'm an introvert and so I can't do more than 40 minutes of evangelism. <laughs> I need 20 minute break after 40 minutes. <laughs> and so we're heading back and I look to my right and there's a lady who looks like she's probably 65 or 70 years old kind of walking down the shrubbery along the side of her house. And then I look in front of me and I see these three young guys that are talking and joking. And I knew that I was going to pray for one more person. And then the home, which we were meeting back at was like within, it was probably from where I'm standing here to the sound booth back there. And so I wanted actually to go talk to the younger guys, but something in me just said, no, go walk up to this lady. And so I turned right when I walked up to her, I said, hey, excuse me, can I ask you a random question? And she kind of like stared at me and smiled. And I quickly realized that she didn't speak any English at all, which is actually strange because um, Zimbabwe used to be a British colony called Rhodesia, and English is actually their main language there. They, a lot of them, they all speak the tribal language also, Shona, but most of them speak really good English too. This lady, she was probably, like I said, in her late 60s and didn't speak any English. And so we start talking to her through a Courage and Brian. 
and they're translating what I'm saying and and they uh, ascertain that she has pain in her stomach. So I ask her, hey, can I pray for, for a Jesus to heal that? And she said yes. And so I um, had one of them pray, um, you know, stomach pain be gone in Jesus' name. And after they got done praying, they asked her, like, hey, what are you experiencing right now? She's like, it feels like electricity is going up and down in my stomach. And says, okay, well, that's cool. And then she said to us something that really struck me. She said, um, where is Jesus right now? She heard us praying in his name. Where is he? As if he was like around the corner talking to someone else, you know? And so she'd never heard the gospel in her life. Okay. So Courage and Brian then shared with her the gospel, explained to her who Jesus was. And then this uh, woman in her late 60s gives her life to Christ for the very first time. Okay, I'll share. Um, A really cool moment for me was when we were doing those workshops. We had a ministry time afterwards where our team was going around and praying for everyone who was coming. And I was praying for a lady named Pamela. And um, I was just, you know, she was just receiving. I was praying for her. And all of a sudden just had this, like, sense that I should pray about leadership for her. And that she's a leader and blah, blah, blah. And I don't remember what else. But prayed for her and kind of shared with her that word. And then um, later, after the workshop had ended and we were all kind of hanging out, she came up to me and told me that she had been struggling that week and praying about leadership um, and just like asking God for boldness to step out and just kind of having this back and forth struggle with if she's cut out to be a leader or not. And um, so that was really cool. And that was kind of something that I sensed with the other ladies there the rest of the trip that they just really need someone to kind of call out the leadership in them and even they would ask me like so do you guys have like a women's ministry and all stuff and just to kind of tell them like hey you don't need to start a women's ministry like you can you can lead men you can lead women like you can just be a part of this thing and so that was just really impactful for me to have that moment with her and encourage her um, that she's a leader and something funny, too, that had to do with her. She has a five-year-old daughter named Carmen, who is really cute. And um, she found me during one of the workshops, and because uh, I was sitting in the back by the door, so I could get the breeze, because it was very hot. Um, and so she just kind of comes up to me and starts talking to me a little bit in English. And then I respond in English, and she doesn't really understand me. I guess I had, like, a thick accent to her or something. Um, so she responds in Shona. And so we're kind of just like, huh, what, what are you saying? What are you saying? And have this little back and forth. And so we start to have this thing, me and her, where every time we'd see each other, we'd just go, blah, 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 blah. And that was kind of our own little language. And so that was fun to have that with her. So, yeah. Um, something that was super memorable for me was, um, Sunday, the day after we got there, we went around to their different home groups. And so Mike and I went to DZ, which is, um, a very high density area. So it's a really poor area with a lot of people kind of clustered together. 
Um, and so that is where Jerry and Jerry, um, came here a couple of years ago to this church. Um, but he runs a house group there and it's for kids. Um, and so he was telling us kind of like the history about it, about how like they would just go to the community. They weren't really open to it because they're, um, I don't know. Jesus and the church and stuff is kind of like abused there where it's like, okay, you, they have to give you something in order to receive something. So they are kind of skeptical, like, okay, what do you want from us? Like, why are you here? You know, we don't have anything to give you go away. Um, so they would just go from house to house telling people that Jesus loves them and doing that type of thing. And, and then like, they actually ended up leading like the drug Lord there, um, to Jesus. And I know, right. That's pretty cool. So now in his house, like in his backyard, that's where they have the house group for kids. So that's real cool. So yeah, praise the Lord. So Mike and I got to go and be a part of that. We went door to door, just meeting the people, just saying hi and, and seeing the kids. Cause it took a while for the house group to start because the kids all had to have their bath. So one of the cool things about Jerry and Rufaro, that's his wife. Um, is that they would just wait around. Sometimes they would be there like all day, just waiting for the kids to come. Um, and so the kids started pouring in and, um, they taught us a song in Shona. So that was really fun. Mike and I were kind of clapping along, trying to say the words. I know one of the words was Tarero cause that, that means hope. And that's the name that they gave me when we got there. So I was like, all right, my name is in the song. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so, so, so they, they taught us a song and they played some games. Um, and then there was a moment where, um, Jerry asked me and Micah to, um, pray over each one of the kids. Um, and so we got to do that. We got to pray over them and like, just like prophesy over them and just call out the gold in their lives. Um, and then Micah, I also got to share like what he was seeing, like, you know, in the spirit, like just seeing like angels surrounding them. And that was really impactful for them. I remember Jerry was saying like, after we had left, they kept saying angels are here. Angels are here. They, they kept remembering that because it was real to them. Um, so that was really special. But after we got to pray and prophesy over them and stuff, they actually came and prayed for us. So we stood there and we had this sea of kids around us and they were just praying and showing up all at the same time. And I had never felt like the presence of the Lord so strongly and so powerful from these children. Um, so yeah, it was just awesome to see Jerry pouring into the next generation because they're going to be the ones that's going to carry the kingdom. You know, when everyone else gets too old and passes on, they're going to be the ones to continue the work. And they need to know now that they're powerful and mighty in the kingdom. Um, so one more thing was when we were in Mufakosa, we were going out doing PE and then, um, I was with two other grownups and then we were walking and like all these kids just started coming and walking with us, all these children. And I was like, wow, Lord, there's a bunch of kids around us. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> and he was like, get them involved. So we were praying for people and I just turned around to the kids and I said, who wants to pray next? And they'd be like, me, 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 me. So they would pray for the people in the streets. And one guy was like that was a really powerful prayer. Like he was taken back by one of the kids prayers. So God is moving in the children. Y'all God is moving. Amen. Hello. So it was great. It was really fun for me. Um, 
And it was, it was also a lot of work for me, too. Well, because I'm the prophetic guy, you know, in the group. So evangelism is probably like my number five. You know, like the, like the lowest of the, you know. And so I was, oh, when we would get ready to go, I remember thinking, oh, man, I really don't know if I want to do this. I don't know. What am I going to say? So I'm kind of like, I'm starting to rehearse in the van, you know, on the way there. Like, okay, I could say this. I could say that. Or, you know, and I'm, you know, God, help me. You know, <laughs> I don't know what to do. I don't even speak Jonah. You know, like, help me. You know, so, like, I didn't, I didn't know what to do. So, you know, I... And, I just had to come to terms with that. It didn't. It doesn't matter if I if I have a evangelist. I'm a son. I'm a son of God. Holy Spirit's inside of me, you know, and it's powerful. He's powerful. So, um, you know, I'm climbing out of the van and I'm just saying that to my in my head. Holy Spirit's powerful. I'm a son of God. You know, just I can do this. I can do this. Deep breaths in through your nose, out through your mouth. You know, and I had this uh, uh, one of my. Uh, uh, friends down there. Uh, his name is Collins. He's from Zim and he was my partner and we went around and Mufo Kose. Um, and I am enjoying like just the culture there. Like I'm looking around and I'm watching the women, they have the things on their head and there's this lady who was selling vegetables. She was like, Mbola! she was saying all this stuff. And I'm like, ah, you know, like, and I'm asking Collins, like, what does that mean? He's like, it's a dried vegetable. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. You know, trying to make myself calm. It was really a strategy to calm myself down. And I was so hot because I wore all, I wore black the entire day. And I have all this hair, you know, and I was, I was so hot, you know, and even Collins was like, you should have wore white. You should have wore something else. And I was like, I know. Um, and so we kept walking, you know, we just were walking and this guy comes up and he is holding his hands out like this and he's coming up and he has, um, boils all on his hands. And on his stomach, too. And he didn't say anything. He just walked on up to us. And I'm like, okay, here we go. This is it. This is it. What am I going to say? What am I going to say to this guy, you know? And I'm rehearsing again in my head. And um, we greet him and everything. And, and uh, the Lord just simply said, uh, tell him, be healed in Jesus' name. And I was like, oh, okay. So, I, you know, I, didn't, I was going to try that. But suddenly, a compassion, compassion came on me compassion. And I, and it was that moment where I could understand how Jesus moved in, in, in an element of compassion. Didn't matter where he came from. Didn't matter if he was dirty or what. Compassion just filled me. And, and I just, you know, held his hands and I just said, be healed in Jesus name. And then he lifted up his shirt. They were all on his stomach. And I put my hand there and I said, be healed in Jesus name. And that was it, you know, and he, turns around, uh, Collins translated and for him and turns around and he leaves as he's leaving. And then he turns right back around again and shows me his hands and all the boils were gone. You know, all of them. And I tell you what, it was so exciting. I mean, I would like, I, I could not believe it. And I'm sitting there saying, Jesus, you know, like, you, you know, I, I, my, I, my knees were moving, everything. I was so happy. And Colin's just like, all right, all right, you know, all right. You know, and I'm like, ah, you know, I was so excited. So I told the guy and, um, told, you know, regardless if you can understand me or not, but Colin's did translate. I told the guy, I said, you go back and you tell everybody what Jesus did for you. You know, because that's a testimony for him right then there, what Jesus did for him. And so he was excited. He turned around and he left and that was awesome. And I was so encouraged by that. You know, you can do it. (laughs) Anyone can do it.
I'm going to stand up. Hey, everybody. Um, yeah, like one thing that um, I really noticed was um, in the States, if somebody got healed, like it's crazy, you know, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm healed. They're screaming. But in there, it was just, they were just like, it wasn't a question of like, if God could heal, it was a guy like wanted to heal them or if God loved them at all, you know, and cared at all to heal them. And so um, that was really cool for me, but also kind of difficult because like if something happened, like I'm like, they're not reacting. So um, we, in Mufakose is, is like, you know, it's kind of like the ghetto. Um, it's actually called all is dead. Like the literal translation is like to the left is dead and to the right is dead. You know, everything is dead. And so I just came in there and I was just like, all right, we're going to like, like bring a resurrection power in this place, you know? <laughs> and so um, it's kind of like two quick stories. Like first one, uh, we were like walking around and it's ghetto. Like there's like a lot of like, you know, kind of like thug looking guys. Um, immediately, like I just felt like I could just hang out with them. Like I, I didn't feel scared. I didn't feel like that at all. I just walked straight up to like the scariest guys all standing up in, in, in a group, just like found the most scary people and just started talking to them. And I was like, Hey, what's your name? And they're like Snoop Dogg. And like all this stuff it was super funny. You know, I'm like, I'm Eminem, you know, <laughs> but, <laughs> but just totally, you know, we, we, it was like immediately we just like connected. And then I was like, who here like needs like anything for like any, any healing? Like God like loves you guys a lot. Like who needs like, who has any physical pain? And when they all pointed at one guy, and he couldn't—he couldn't move his arm over, over his head at all. And so um, I just prayed. I was like, "All right, everybody, watch this. This is gonna be awesome. Jesus loves this guy so much; he's gonna heal him." And so I prayed, like, "Be healed in the name of Jesus." Um, arm just have full mobility. And I was like, "Test it out." And the guy's just like, "What?" Whoa! And he starts just windmilling his arm around, you know. And all these thug guys are looking at me like, "What? Like this is crazy, you know?" So it was really cool. That was cool. But then later on, we were walking around and. Um, and I saw this lady, and she was, there was like, it was like for me to like that bench, there, uh, there was a distance, and she was under like a bush, like in the shade, and she was selling some goods. Um, and uh, like, I just called out to her, like, hey, how are you doing today? And she like said something back to me, she spoke English. And um, as we got closer, I realized that she wasn't talking to me and like looking at me. She was like, kind of like looking off, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, what the heck's going on here? So we get closer, and um, I realize this, this woman's blind. And so um, I say to her, like, hey, like, Jesus loves you so much. Like, how can we pray for you? How can we, how can we like, pray for you? And she's like, um, I would really love to see. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, cool. I've never seen that happen, but, you know, it's in the Bible. So we're, we're gonna, I'm going to pray for you. And so um, I just kind of knelt down, and I was like, Jesus, we just ask that you come. Oh, sorry. We just ask that you come, and you just... Um, just touch her eyes, heal her eyes, full sight in the name of Jesus. And um, beforehand, I asked her, like, where, like, can you see it all? Can you see a little bit? And she said, pretty much like the gist of it's like she had like like five percent like vision. So she had she like looked at the sun, she could see light. And if she like held something really close to her eyes, like a, like a red sheet of paper, she could see red or purple. Like so, she just had some idea. Um, and it was degenerative. So like when she was a kid, she could see. And, then, you know, well, after I prayed, she, she started freaking out. She was like, oh my gosh, I can see. Um, but like their version of freaking out is like, wow, I can see, you know? <laughs> and so I'm like, wait, 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 you're saying I prayed for you and now you can see. She's like, yeah. I'm like, don't, don't be nice to me. Like, are you serious? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, he's wearing a purple shirt and she's pointing to a guy like 
from me to Micah, you know, away. Like I, she's here, I'm here and Micah's there, you know, like that's how far. And she could, she said, I couldn't see you guys at all when you walked up to me, but now I can see your face and your eyes and I can see he, that he's wearing a purple shirt. And, the, and it was, it was so crazy. So God totally um, healed her. Like gave her like, yeah, yeah. Praise Jesus. <laughs> so, but uh, she, she had like, like it wasn't like 100%, but it was like, I mean, 5% to 75 or, or 70% vision is like miraculous and life changing. So Jesus really did something cool. So yeah. So cool. So we just have like two more minutes, maybe. Does anybody else want to just share anything about the trip or just anything on your heart you'd want people here to know about Zimbabwe? This would be the time. Sure. Um, so one kind of like telling moment that we had early on in the trip was on Sunday. So we got there Saturday and on Sunday they have their home groups like Wilson mentioned. And so we visited one of them and Romulus kind of handed over the reins to us and said that we could lead. So, um, we kind of did just like our normal house group, like everyone answer a silly question at the beginning and we have a Bible study discussion and, um, and we have ministry time afterwards. And so for ministry time, um, we had them do an activation on the prophetic. And so it was just real simple, like kind of have a random partner and you just give them your impressions and ask them if it's accurate or not. And afterwards, um, we had everyone debrief, say if it was like hard or what they thought about it. And one of the guys spoke up and said, I didn't know that we all could prophesy. I didn't know we could all be prophets. <laughs> and um, so that was just cool to, because like Will mentioned, the culture is just so like there's one man of God and you have to go through him. And so it was just cool to see all this freedom coming and just kind of to see that they're used in the kingdom and that they have a role to play. So that was just awesome and beautiful to see that coming out. Yeah, it was, it was, it's so fun to see people like discover truth, you know, like when people's eyes are open and they realize, oh my gosh, like I can hear God's voice. Oh my gosh, I can pray for the sick. So that that never gets old, you know, (laughs) anybody else want to share something? Micah? So this is really neat for me. Just well, <clears throat> so in 1999, the way the Lord prepped me for this is that I, an angel came to me in 1999, told me about Zimbabwe and that one day that I would go and, you know, I was faithful to pray for it, you know, three months. And then after a while I forgot about it and I just would say, I remind, I was like, Oh, thank you Lord for Zim. Amen. You know? So when I was asked to go on this trip, you know, I was like, Oh, that's going to be fun. But when what really hit me was when I actually put my feet there and I could, and I could see just the hunger to know the Lord, you know, to really know his voice and, and things like that. So it was very impactful for me. And, and I had a chance to really prophesy into the land of Zimbabwe then and there and say, hey, this is what God is saying about Zimbabwe right now. This is who you truly are right now, you know, and that, that um, put a fire in me to really believe um, when God says you're going to do something, you're going to do it. You know, and I had to, I waited and I was patient, you know, for that, but he had equipped me to be, to stand in Zimbabwe as a, as a messenger, you know, and, and to proclaim and to declare the promises for that country. And it was just so beautiful and they received it so well, you know, and it was taking form in their hearts. It was great. It was absolutely great.
Awesome. Well, before uh, we conclude up here, I'd love to just pray for all of you guys. And something I really think that kind of God just spoke to my heart that he's doing is awakening all of us and reminding us that, hey, the same Holy Spirit that's moving and that blind eyes are being opened in Zimbabwe is here and is living inside of people, the people in this room who believe in him. So I just want to pray for you guys and uh, tell you too that if as we've been sharing and as you've been hearing about the stories that happened and how God's moving there, if there's something stern on your heart, don't just take that as like interest and oh, cool, something, blah, blah, blah. No, like that's a seed God's planted in your heart. God's planting something in you to pray for Zimbabwe. Maybe someday for you to go. Maybe for you to financially support and sow into what's happening there. Um, But I would just say, pay attention to how your heart responded as we shared these stories. And don't, don't just write that off as pure interest, but to really say, hey God, I'm available for you using me, however you want. I believe that you can use me in Cincinnati to bless what you're doing in Africa and Zimbabwe. But let me pray for you guys, and then uh, we'll, we'll get on to the next part of the surface. So, Father, I just thank you that you're so good. I thank you for Micah and Jen and Derry and Aaron and Luke who sacrificed their time, who uh, put their all out there and, and you know, risked themselves to some extent to go on this trip. Thank you for the people here in this room that uh, supported us and that um, sewed into the trip. And uh, I just pray for Romulus and his team in Zimbabwe. I pray you would bless them, encourage them, keep them motivated and fired up. Let uh, the things that we shared that are really for them just just uh, sink deep. And uh, I pray that for the people here right now that have a heart for Zimbabwe, whose hearts are being awakened to your plan for the earth, that uh, you just be faithful to, to um, bring to fruition the things you're putting in our hearts. Let our hearts pay attention to what you're saying and what you're doing, God. We love you so much. We give you all the glory, Jesus. We're so excited that you were glorified and you were made that much more famous as we were there. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, thank you guys. We're going to head into worship now.